You're listening to the Scottish Football Monitor podcast. Please visit us at www.tsfm.net where you can participate in our discussion and have access to tons of extra material. You can also subscribe to this podcast there or just search for TSFM on the iTunes store. Breaking news for Hibs fans is that David Lowe, former associate of Felix McCann and a significant player in the 1994 takeover of Celtic, is heading a consortium which hopes to buy the Easter Road Club. Lowe's consortium has been in talks with Sir Tom Farmer about the purchase of the club. The story has been embargoed during the talks, but David spoke to me last week about his hopes and future plans should his bid succeed. David, thanks for talking to the Scottish Football Monitor. Uh, obviously, you're now in a situation where you and some of your chums are want to buy Hibs. Can you tell us a bit more about it? Well, that's true. You know, I was approached by a couple of friends that I have in Edinburgh about buying Hibs, and I thought about it, and I thought it would be a good idea. I think Hibs are a fantastic club. Uh, I've grown up with them in the 1970s. We used to compete against them regularly. A lot of my best friends are Hibs fans. I worked in Edinburgh for 12 years, stayed there for half of that. When I had three children under five, you know, I was a regular at Easter Road when Celtic, I have to say, you know, we're playing uh, playing away from home. So I do have a, a, a genuine affection, you know, for Hibs, although I wouldn't pretend to be anything other than a, than a Celtic fan, because uh, everybody knows that, and, you know, I would never try and deny that. But Hibs uh, are a good club, and... I think now that we have a financial level playing field in the Scottish game for the first time in a generation, it's a fantastic opportunity for a well-run football club to challenge for honours in Scotland, take Celtic on. I think the the field is open for a well-managed, well-financed club to do that. And we see Hibs doing that, and that's why the group that I'm involved in has made this offer uh, to Mr. Farmer or Sir Tom Farmer as he's properly called uh, because we understand he wants to sell the club. Who's involved in your group? Well, there's myself and uh, my business partner in this venture in the States, Ralph Lynch and there are a number of other investors both here uh, in the UK and in the States. I'm not going to give the names of these people just now Unless our offer is accepted and the offer looks uh, as if it's going to proceed at that point, everybody that's involved in the consortium uh, will have their details released. There will be absolute transparency. There will be no Rangers-esque blue pitch margarita style who owns what, who really owns this or that. Everything will become crystal clear if the offer is accepted and if, if the offer proceeds. Why is it not possible to tell us just now? Why, why, why is it not? Is it just not a done thing? Well, well, that's it. You know, if it's not going to happen, you know, it's not going to happen and everybody can move on. We want it to happen. And if it's going to happen, the information will come out, but not beforehand. Do you see that, that, that any association that you might have with Hibs has been conflicted a wee bit since you are a well-known Celtic fan and, and obviously you were involved with Fergus at the takeover in the 90s and uh, and you've been a high-profile fan ever since then, even although you don't have any uh, uh, official links with the club anymore? Well, I don't see it as a, a conflict in the same way that it's not a conflict for football players that are playing against their favourite football teams that they grew up with uh, before they were professional footballers, you know, a random example would be, you know, that Paul Hartley. Everybody knows Paul Hartley is like a 
big Celtic fan, but I can't think of any other player who gave more against Celtic when he was playing for Hearts. I used to hate him because he tried so much. So I think as soon as you enter a competitive environment, you know, you, your competitive edge is what is the, the leading uh, issue. And uh, while some Celtic fans might not like to hear it, you know, once uh, the whistle goes and there's 90 minutes of football to be played, you know, I, I'd be wanting Hibs to win in the same way that Hartley, you know, wanted to beat Celtic. In the same way that Henrik Larsson, you know, scored for Barcelona against Celtic in the Champions League. You know, nobody expected Henrik as a professional, mm. you know, to do anything less than his best against a team that he had this very strong affection for. So I can understand how a lot of people would think that way, but when you're in a competitive situation, and certainly I'm a competitive person, you just got to do your best. And uh, that's my the best answer I can give to that question. I suppose Hibs fans, you know, the, <clears throat> when you take away all the minutiae and all the detail, the, what they're really interested in is, you know, this is a big challenge, obviously. Um, can it uh, come to some sort of a successful conclusion? I mean, can Hibs be the preeminent or one of the preeminent teams in the country again? Well, absolutely. That's one of the reasons why, you know, we have proceeded uh, with this offer. This is the first time in a generation we have had a financially level playing field. Right up, well, okay, then right up to the 1980s, there was no debt in Scottish football. You had uh, the new firm, Aberdeen and Dundee United, regularly winning trophies in Scotland. Aberdeen, you know, won the Cup Winners' Cup, as it was called then. Uh, you know, Rangers hadn't won a league title since 1978, which ultimately led to their takeover, you know, in 1986. But that's the last time we had a genuine sort of competition in the Scottish game. Since then, the entire game has been distorted by debt. You know, that started with Lawrence Marlborough in 1986 when he gave Rangers a, a line of uh, bank credit. David Murray, two years later, took it to the nth degree. And everybody else copied, you know, what Rangers did and Scottish football went into debt and the whole situation became distorted. It was a bit more about how much money you had rather than whether you had a good manager or good players or good tactics. Well, all that ended in uh, 2008 when the economy imploded. The banks almost went bust. Uh, Bank of Scotland got rescued by Lloyds Bank. All the special cosy relationships that existed in the Scottish game ended. And since that point, you know, banks have been taking their money out of Scottish football. Mm. It's taken about six years, but we're now emerging, you know, in a debt-free uh, Scottish game. And that is a, a very good opportunity, you know, for uh, clubs, a well-managed club, a well-financed club like Hibs. There are others, you know, Aberdeen could, could uh, emerge, you know, the new Rangers t club could, could emerge, uh, it could be Dundee United. The point is, it's a level playing field, a more level playing field now, and a well-managed Hibs with their support and a fantastic infrastructure developed over the last 20 years, I have to say, by uh, Sir Tom Farmer and, and Rod Petrie. I think Hibs are more than capable of uh, challenging for honours in this new environment. Do you think that the, the recent takeover of Hearts, where his financial sanity appears to have uh, entered the, uh, the arena, would make it easier for anybody taking over Hibs? Because perhaps there won't be that 
that that paper chase. You know, you see who's got the next big transfer or paying the next big uh, big. Well, that that's over. Yeah, I mean, you're right. There is no debt, you know. So basically, football clubs have to live within their means, mm. and that basically means if you're a larger club with a larger support, you're going to have more money than a smaller club with a smaller support. But that's going to determine, or that's going to cap the amount of money you can spend in your team. It's not going to be distorted by debt. Yeah. So everybody knows who the larger teams are. It's uh, Rangers, Aberdeen, Hibs Hearts, Dundee United. You could throw in. So all of these clubs. Are, are capable of they understand this new environment and they get the right people in the right positions. It's more than capable that these teams can, uh, you know, challenge Celtic, who are in a financial league of their own now. I have, I have to say, you know, they are ten times bigger than financially than more or less all the other teams. But in a debt-free environment, you know, unfortunately, from from a Celtic point of view, I think Celtic will move down towards the, the average. And the other teams I've just referred to will move up. So it's going to be easier uh, for a team like Hibs you know, to challenge for trophies if they're managed properly and y- you accept this new environment that I'm talking about. We've spoken about this before, about, about Hibs teams, great Hibs teams in the past. I mean, in the recent mm-hmm. past, I don't mean the famous mm-hmm. five I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. That, that was, after, after that that was before our time. It certainly was certainly before my time, maybe not yours. C- certainly not. The, I'm, I'm going to ignore that, but, but the, the, the memory of it uh, certainly still there was in my time. The, you know, the people talked about famous five a lot. But the, the Hibs teams in the 70s uh, were fantastic teams, but also there were great European nights and so on and so forth. At, uh, at Easter Road and Easter Road was a formidable place to go if, if mm-hmm. you were a Celtic fan or a Rangers fan or, or anybody else I, I'm assuming that that's the sort of thing that ultimately you want to get back to Well that's the type of environment I'm talking about You know, the la- since the mid 80s that's the exception we're now going back to the rule You know, that, that is financial, financially level playing fields and the Hibs team that you're talking about, you know, was in the, the 1970s and they had great players. Uh, a push I could probably name, you know, the Hibs team that beat Celtic in 72 and we, well, whoever we is in this conversation, <laughs> uh, you know, Celtic beat, beat uh, Hibs in the Scottish Cup final. I think it yeah. was 6 1. Yeah. But these were great games, uh, great players, and there was great managers and great personalities. Eddie Turnbull, of course, Jock's team, Bob, Bob Shankly, uh, Jerry Kerr. Dundee United, uh, you know, was a fantastic manager. Indeed, 1967, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, I think Dundee United beat Celtic home and away. 3-2. 3-2, two times. That's right, So... Jerry Kerr. Is that what I said? Jerry Kerr. I think uh, Orange (laughs) Person might have been playing for Dundee Uh, United. Yeah, he was. He was certainly playing in the game at Celtic Park (laughs) because I remember as a child watching him Uh taking the corner Uh before they scored the winning I'm sure there's a lot of young people uh, listening to this that don't know there was a Dundee United and Rangers player called Orange person, <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, uh, to be fair, I think when he went to Rangers, he was kind of they, they moved a couple of syllables around Did his name okay. so they could. Is it, I think his his name is Orjan Person. Well, okay, uh, but they changed. Maybe the, the Dutch pronounce it. No, he's not Dutch. There's he's bags of guys on this blog. But we'll, 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 we'll put his uh, right <laughs> for for wrong in this. But yeah, you know, I mean, there, there was great competition in those uh-huh. days. Although, to be fair, Celtic and Rangers were still the preeminent teams. Yeah, well, that, that's right. I mean, everything I'm saying, I, Celtic, you know, have got the fan base. Rangers uh, have got a fan base and they will still be the two largest teams. But the point I'm making is that with no debt, and believe me, with no debt in the Scottish game, mm. the difference uh, between 
uh, the big one or the big two and the other larger clubs that we're talking about will be less mm. and it will be more about you know do you have a good manager do you have good players do you have good tactics and less about how much money have you borrowed it'll become more of a football game and that's what interests me because you know I'm a sports nut a football nut you know and uh, you know I do go to lots of games all over the place basketball games rugby games I just can't help it I like sport and I like Edinburgh and you know Hibs is green enough for me (laughs) (laughs) but what are the the similarities obviously you were involved with the the, the Celtic takeover and I remember at the the time that that happened I I was the editor of a Celtic fanzine and and we kind of had yourself Fergus Brian Dempsey and Matt McGloan, we we thought that you were the four guys who were key to that whole transformation that took place at Celtic Park. Obviously, some more than others, and and obviously in different directions as well. But what, are there any similarities to uh, the Celtic situation with you walking in Easter Road if you're successful? Well, there are some similarities. There's not a, an exact correlation. I mean, the Celtic problems were severe at the time because you know there was this thing called the Taylor Report which compelled you to have all these seats mm-hmm. so Celtic had to uh, raise a lot of money to build the stadium that's not required at Hibs I mean there's a lot of good things you know happened at Hibs in the last 20 years off the park so Tom Farmer you know has put together a, a very nice stadium you know that holds 19,000 fans so there's very little capex involved in having to build a stadium. There's also a training capex is capital expenditure. Oh, sorry, capital expenditure. Yes, I beg your pardon. You know? And there's also the the uh, the training grounds. So you got a very professional setup there. Unfortunately, though, uh, on the football side of things, you know, Hibs have underperformed, uh, you know, very badly. Part of that stadium, part of that infrastructure has been funded by you know a conveyor belt of player sales over the years. I mean. No, Hibs fans will, will on the wider 20, 30 million pounds worth of player sales, mm-hmm. I, I reckon, over the last uh, 20 years. Built that stadium, though. Built the stadium. But now that I think the focus you know, ha- has to move on to the team. And uh, I think you know we, can, we have the skill sets to do that. So there are some parallels, but it's different uh, priorities. The priorities will be on the team. Mm-hmm. Uh, putting a competitive team on the pitch winning games you know hopefully winning the championship Uh, hopefully even Hibs can win the Scottish Cup since 1902 I think R.E.F. pig squad just just (laughs) flew past there but um, uh, apologies to Hibs fans for that but there are obviously the, the similarities I was thinking of. That, but you, as you said, when 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 you came into Celtic, there was a stadium to be built. But you go into Hibs, there's a there's a first division championship to be won, and that's yeah. I mean that's a, a huge challenge, especially when you look at the the what has now been dubbed in the, in the mainstream media as the greatest league in the world this year. Well, that, that, that's right. There's a, a a championship to be won, you know, and Possible. there's three big teams, you know, in that championship. You know, Rangers, Hearts, Hearts, and Hibs. You know, Hearts have been through the mill, mm-hmm. uh, but I think they'll be lean and mean this season. You know, they've had this bonding exercise over the last twelve months. Uh, they've got their new ownership. They've got fans involvement. Uh, there's very much a, an all for one and one for all attitude. I think uh, existing at. Uh, Hearts and they would be my favourites to win the, the championship. 
Rangers have still got problems, you know, there's all these factions fighting each other, they still don't realise that uh, it's not going to be the way it used to be. A lot of people don't realise that there are there is no debt, you've got to live within your means. And I think there's still problems at Rangers. Hibs, they've got a small squad. Uh, there's dissatisfaction with the ownership. Unless you can develop this all-for-one-and-one-for-all attitude, mm-hmm. I think it's going to be difficult for Hibs. Is there money uh, there to, to yeah, help the manager? Uh, well, yeah, the good thing is because there is no money really required for the capital expenditure on the infrastructure mm-hmm. any money that goes into the club will essentially begin into the the playing side of things and your consortium is planning to put absolutely that's our specified a, absolute, day amount well that, that that will be determined once we've completed the due diligence you can't basically say with any degree of accuracy or honesty how much money is required to be invested in hibs until you've had access to the books, mm-hmm. and that's you know that's name one figure. The, book, you know, the books turn out to be different than you thought. You get to look stupid. So I'm not going to basically name a figure. Uh, and that you will know what the figure is once you've had access to the books and you've done your due diligence and you've come up with your business plan. What about continuity? I mean, there is a stadium just being built. Uh, there's a new chief executive there. There's a new manager uh, in place as well, which I must admit surprised me. I thought that Terry Butcher would would survive uh, relegation, but you know, unfortunately for him, he didn't. But what's the situation with regard to Leanne Dempster and Alan Stubbs? Well, when you take over any business, you know, there's a lot of people always are tempted to uh, throw the baby out with, with, with the bathwater and have changes, lock, stock and barrel. I think, I, I take the opposite view, I think continuity uh, is a, a good thing. I think everybody you know, should be given the opportunity to uh, earn their spurs, do their job, and there is no intention uh, to replace anybody at this juncture. Uh, we'll go with uh, the management structure uh, that's in Hibs just now. Of course, that, that's another uh, parallel, I suppose, with the Celtic situation, because when Fergus went into Celtic, he, he didn't do a, a big clear out there, did he? Well, apart from the board, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I do remember... I think that was called evolution. <laughs> no, but I do remember uh, that, uh, the, that the entire focus when Fergus took over the club was in getting the club. Mm-hmm. But I do remember sitting at Terry Casty's big oak desk <laughs> like on day one going, now what? Because the people that ran the club were the were the owners, you know, uh, Chris White and Michael Kelly, Tom Grant, you know, and when they left, although Tom stayed on for a while, it yeah. was like, now what? <laughs> Get a football club? What would you do with it? You know, I've never run a football club before, not that Fergus for that matter. So it is important you give some thought to you know what happens after the event, what happens after a takeover, and that's why it's always or usually sensible to have some sort of continuity. And uh, you know that's what's planned here, and that's what's envisaged here. If 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 we're successful, we might not be successful. As as a businessman, uh, your focus will be. Uh, I mean, I know as a as a football uh, official, your your focus will be uh, putting a winning team in the park. But as a businessman, uh, you're you're always looking at revenue opportunities and so on and so forth. How do you get Hibs revenue up to a level where they can compete or, or compete better with Celtic? Well, first of all, you've got to gain uh, the confidence of the fans. I mean, I do know that there's um, an apathy amongst uh, the Hibs fans. There's a fed-up feeling. 
there is a belief that uh, they're going nowhere, rightly or wrongly, fairly or unfairly, un- under the, uh, the present ownership. And that's a parallel with Celtic. So I think if there's a change in ownership, what you'll do is unleash a very positive genie out of a bottle and you'll have a whole lot of Hibs fans if they believe in the people and believe in the business plan coming back to Hibs because I think there's a lot of pent-up frustration at Hibs and I think if there's a takeover of Hibs by people like, like myself whose intentions are honourable and who believes that we have this level playing field and who believes that a team like Hibs and the support base that it's got can win things, I think they'll come back. I was at the playoffs, you know, with Hamilton. Uh, the Hibs support at Hamilton was sensational. I think mm-hmm. it was two thousand eight hundred fans, and they sang for ninety minutes, and they won two nothing. Very luckily, I, ha- I have to say, and the ground was sold out. You know, for the second leg, which they lost, and you know, as a consequence, you know, you know, get relegated. But that was a sellout crowd, uh, and I think if you if we're doing the right things and getting the message across to the fans in a positive manner, I think Hibs fans are more than capable of coming back en masse. Because I actually believe what I'm saying. I think it's a tremendous opportunity for Hibs to challenge for honours. But the first thing they've got to do is you know, get back into the big league. Are the fans capable of an input into the run of the club as well? Well, it's very important that they have. I mean, I've got this other view that fans have never been more important or haven't been as important as this ever in the, the history of the game. Uh, so I think you have to embrace fans. You have to involve fans in a meaningful manner, not a token manner. And that means having fans on the board. Mm-hmm. Uh, proper fans elected by fans in a democratic manager, in, a, in a democratic manner. They're the one constant in a football club's yeah. affairs. Managers, owners, players all come and go. Who's left is always the fans. So fans have never been more important than they are now. And if our uh, offer uh, you know, is accepted, uh, we, will, we would absolutely involve the fans both in the ownership and uh, at boardroom level uh, in this club. See, I, I'm always, you know, personally, I've always been, bit, well, not always, but I have been certainly since uh, around about 2000 or so, sceptical about, uh, about fans' representation in the board because I think that the minute a fan... Uh, no matter how well-meaning or or, or how much a champion uh, of the body of fans he happens to be, the minute you put him in the board, it becomes one of them, doesn't it? It's, it's, it's a really difficult balance, I think. Well, well, it is because at the end of the day, <coughs> there's fiduciary responsibilities, you know, involved in being a company director. Yeah. So you know, you can't actually, you know, be a normal fan if that's the correct phrase in a boardroom and then listen to a whole lot of confidential company matters, SFA or SPFL matters, then go down to uh, the four in hand in Leith Road and talk about it. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a responsibility. So you you cease to be a regular fan in one respect, but on the other hand, you've got the, as a fan, you have the club's best interests at heart. Uh, It's a difficult balancing act. And uh, I tell you what, you know, for it, for the fan or the fans that end up involved in a boardroom level you know, with, with with Hibs, it won't be as much fun. Not the Hibs yeah. fans have had a lot of fun, I have to say, in recent times. But it's very difficult to enjoy football in the manner that you used to as a fan. I know this from personal experience. You know, at Celtic, you know, it was very difficult just to go as a fan. 
and watch it as a game of football because there's so many other elements involved in and around the club that you have to take into account. So it sounds good, you know, having fans on the board mm. and we want it and it will happen, but, you know, it's got to be a properly qualified fan elected by the fans from the body of the Kirk, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Not, you know, the board saying, hey, we've got a fan for you, <laughs> you know, and he, he, he's who's going to be on the board. You know, the fans have to uh, nominate. A delegate almost. Yeah, yeah, a delegate. Yeah, that's that's the word, yeah. To turn into the, the sort of wider situation in Scottish football at the moment, I mean, you've, you've touched on it briefly. You're talking about the fact that, um, that uh, degearing, I think, is a word you yeah. used earlier on in terms of uh, that the clubs don't depend on finance anymore for the banks mm-hmm. that they, you know, they're having, mm-hmm. having to make ends meet. But there are, as far as we are concerned in the, in the Scottish Football Monitor, we think there are serious issues of trust in governance and, mm-hmm. uh, with the SFA. Uh, now, I, I don't know whether you agree with that or not, but um, but I, I think that a lot of fans, and I know a lot of fans, Hibs fans who, who are on the blog, uh, would like to think that somebody coming into their club was prepared to offer some new ideas about how the game could be cleaned up a bit. Well, you know that's a. And, 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 and I know that it's a that it's a loaded question. Yeah, you know, and and, and obviously you you haven't you haven't bought hibs yet, mm-hmm. so uh, so therefore I, you know I, I'm, I I don't wish to make things difficult for you. But at the same time, um, you you know I would imagine you're hoping that hibs fans are going to support you. Yeah, I mean, I, and I'm sure that uh, that somebody with the, with the sort of plans that you've been talking about, you will get support. But um, but there, there's been a lot of um, shall we say. Uh, breaches or bending of rules over the over the last several years, and and I think the view is certainly the, the consensus in the Scottish Football Monitor, perhaps not elsewhere, but the the consensus in the Scottish Football Monitor is that the, is that the governance of the game has been shocking. Like there are, there have been individuals who have been involved in that as well. But um, how can the SFA be uh, be more fit for purpose? Well, that's the most awkward question you've asked, <laughs> and I've got to think before I answer it. Before I answer it, you know, I'll answer the. I'll deal with the fans, uh, but because that will give me time to think about the answer to the second bit. <laughs> but I'd go as far as saying uh, our offer, you know, will not proceed, or we will not proceed with the offer if the Hibs fans don't support it, because mm-hmm. I consider them to be an essential part of the business model, and uh, we would not proceed unless they embraced, you know, what I'm talking about here. Mm-hmm. So, because it doesn't work without fans in this new environment that I've been talking about, you have to have the confidence and the support. Of fans, the fans. More, more empowered. Do you think? These Absolutely, days? you know, and that's. I think it's key to recognise that. And any club that doesn't recognise in this age of social media, this age of mistrust, that you have to gain the fans' trust in order to proceed, and you have to have this all for one and one for all attitude. It won't work without it. That's why Rangers have got the problems just now because there's a complete and utter distrust. Whether that's right or wrong is for others to decide. But whilst you have distrust amongst the ownership, the board and the fan base, you're always going to be disadvantaged. Uh, So it's important that if we proceed with hymns that the fans uh, embrace what we're doing. And if for one moment they didn't, you know, we'd just not bother because we don't think it would work. So I get so carried away with answering that aspect, I've forgotten what the second question was. SFA, how Well, yeah. Look, SFA is a subset of UFA, which is a subset of FIFA. You know, it's a highly regulated or self-regulated industry. 
it's a sort of law unto itself if you if you like and uh, you've got to basically operate within the rules set down within this environment and there'll be a lot of rules in there that you, you don't like and if you want to change the rules you've got to put your proposals forward and hope, hope to get enough support so I'm going into this with open eyes uh, we will go in as a member of the SF, SPFL which is a member of the SFA etc and we will abide by the rules so in answering your question as a prospective owner of a member of the SFA I'm not going to say anything you know that would uh, prejudice uh, the success of the offer should we proceed so it's difficult to criticize uh, what's happened in the past although I do think I'll go as far as saying I, I think you know a lot of rules were bent and I don't mean bent as in dishonest but certainly um, bent <laughs> I can't think of a better word to accommodate you know getting the, the, the new Rangers in, into the league because they were such a big club because they do contribute so much money that does filter through the game I think Scottish football quite frankly did need Rangers or whatever you want to call them uh, involved in the game and I think they were accommodated but and they were accommodated at the right level you know the fourth level as a new club mm -hmm. I think it would have been completely wrong you know to bring them in at the top level even bring them in at the second level fans played a role I have to say you know I'm talking about this new environment of fan power oh, yeah, and making that. sure uh, you know you know that they, they come in at the fourth level yeah because I think there's a lot of club owners that wanted them in at the top level but do you think that the, the, the it was unprecedented, owners, you know? So do you think there are club owners who might revise their position on that, given the the past two years? I mean, for instance, you know, the, I mean, obviously you're going to have to be a plan. What what did Rangers or Celtic, for that matter, have to, to offer Hibs in terms of uh, of revenue? Well, at the end of the day, uh, when it comes to league games, you know, the home team, you know, keeps its gates, and uh -huh. I, I think that's right. But Celtic. Rangers, you know, have got the biggest supports and they play the other teams in the league. They buy tickets for the other teams' home games and they contribute, well, to a lesser extent than, than maybe has been in the past, but they still bring money into the game mm. and it does uh, filter down through the game and I, I don't have any controversial views on, you know, any of that changing. Uh, not that I've given it that amount of thought. No, I wasn't talking. And I don't see any of it changing. I, anyway. I, I wasn't talking directly about mm -hmm. gate sharing there. I was. I was more concerned about the fact that that, that that when people seem to think that that one of the sacred, or perhaps the two sacred cows of Scottish football, Celtic and Rangers, one of them is gone, and we need to get them back right away. And I think a lot of people honestly felt that it was essential for the financial well-being of their own clubs. But I think if you pro if you spoke to the, the, the chairman of St Johnston, for instance, if you spoke to the chairman of Aberdeen, or you spoke to uh, people at Dundee, I think they would probably revise those views. And, I, and I'm sure they all held those views at the time that you really needed to keep Rangers in because of the, their fans are there and they spend money. Mm -hmm. St Johnston, for instance, as far as I'm aware, uh, and you can correct me if you think I'm wrong, but but their the biggest uh, home gates over the past four or five years have been against Dundee, uh, Dundee United and Aberdeen. Celtic Rangers have they featured? I don't know what the hub situation is, but that's what what, what I mean by is is it so essential to have a Celtic or a Rangers coming to Easter Road or Tannadice twice a year? I still think it's important, and I still think it's a, one of the most meaningful games mm -hmm. in any given team's calendar. 
uh, and I think it would be wrong to suggest otherwise. But with this financial levelling out of, of, of the game, you know, I think Celtic and Rangers will move to the average and the other teams from the other direction will, will move up to the average and the gap between Celtic, Rangers and, and the others will become less and generally speaking that will, will result in more competition and that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, as to, if you ask me to be any more exact than that, I, I don't think that's possible because we are in uncharted waters here in a lot of respects. I don't know how the, the game is going to evolve over the next five years other than speaking with head, in headline cliches. And I'm a big bear in, in terms of... Nope. A negative, that means, in terms of uh, the, the, score, the Scottish game within the European environment. Yeah. I think we are slipping further and further behind. Mm-hmm. I think more of the young kids in this country you know, have favourite English teams, favourite continental teams, you know, Barcelona, etc., and I think it's going the Irish way, you yeah. know, where most of the people in Ireland, you know, have their favourite British team and increasingly European teams. So I, I, I'm not all that optimistic about uh, the prospects on an international stage for the Scottish domestic game. But I think a, a team like Hibs could be amongst the best in that in that uh, in the Scottish game. So what's the roadmap then as far as you're concerned? I mean obviously we're talking here before this story is uh, is, is getting out there. Mm-hmm. But <clears throat> but uh, but what's your roadmap assuming like for instance if Tom Farmer phoned you yeah sorry Sir Tom I, I, I mm-hmm. gave you a call tomorrow and said okay David uh, you know we'll take your money uh, and uh, you did your due, due diligence and uh, mm-hmm. how long would that take two weeks a month or you know whatever. What happens then? The, your your famous Terry Cassidy's desk question. What now? What happens after that? Well, what happens then? Thereafter is that the, you run the best business and the best club you can, all within your means. Now, hopefully that will, and there's nothing to suggest otherwise that Alan Stubbs, with a decent budget, will put a competitive team on the park, and you know he'll beat Hearts and he can beat Rangers and he can he can you know win the championship yeah. and be in the league. You know that's what you're looking for. You're looking to give the management of the football side of things as much support as you can and the way that you do that is try and have the club generate as much money as, as it can so that the, you know, there's enough money going into the team to make it compete and you know Hibs are second or third biggest team in that league you know nobody would argue that Rangers have more fans and therefore will have more money you know than the than the other two teams I've mentioned. What about the relationship with uh, with Hearts? Have you have you spoken to anybody who's involved in the with the, with the Hearts takeover? No, I mean, why, why would I? I don't. I don't. Well, you know, I, you know, I don't know anybody there. A wee bit of cordiality, <laughs> I, I suppose. I, I, well, I you know, know, if we succeeded with his offer, you know, that that would come, I suppose. You yeah. know. Okay, David. Uh, best of luck in your. Uh, in fact, of course, if anybody gets to hear about this, it'll probably be because you've had some mm-hmm. some excellent luck. But the best of luck with the uh, with the takeover, and best of luck to Hibs as well. Thank you. No problem. Thank you, John.